Thanks for listening to Boundary Talk. We aim to bring you a roundup of the latest cricket action in less than 10 minutes, and all before your morning commute. Before the time stops ticking, let's get going. Alright guys, the timer has been set. Welcome back to Boundary Talk. And this is a two-day special, as unfortunately, due to extenuating circumstances, that's what I'll call them, uh, we weren't able to record yesterday. It is just me today, and I'll be going over the last two days. Fortunately, we didn't get a huge amount of play today due to the rain. Well, not fortunately for the game, but fortunately for uh, Boundary Talk and this 10-minute podcast. We won't have a, too much to talk about from both days. But let's go back to yesterday, and if you remember, England were put into bat after Australia just edged out England's first innings totals by a total of 12 runs and England came into bat into day three, heading into their second innings, knowing they'd need to put on an impressive score to to attempt to get a draw out of the series and not have Australia win a 3-1 and make it slightly embarrassing for the English side and they batted perfectly, it must be said it was a a brilliant day of cricket in the batting department for a lot of England's batsmen Let's go through them one by one. Zach Crawley and Ben Duckett set the tone very well for England indeed, uh, putting on a run partnership of 79 before Duckett went. Duckett got 42. He played some nice shots, got seven fours uh, before, in classic Duckett style, edged the ball down the leg side to to Alex Carey, who took a simple catch. And I think it was after a review that he was he was sent sent back to the pavilion. Uh, ben Stokes joined at number three. Obviously, Moen Ali injured, didn't come out in his normal position, so out came Ben Stokes, and he batted fairly well as well. I think it was Zach Crawley next to go. Yeah, it was Zach Crawley. Uh, managed 73 runs from 76 balls. I mean, he just bats so aggressively, and he, he plays some fantastic shots. His drive is almost perfect, but... He will then miss one and get out. And that's exactly what he did. 73 runs from Crawley. I think putting him up as one of the highest scorers in the series. I know that 180 or whatever it was in the last test uh, maybe conflating those numbers slightly. But Duckett and Crawley, as, a, as an opening pair, have grown into the series and have, have got better and better throughout the series. Putting on 60-odd between them in the first innings as well. Uh, but Zach Crawley went off the bowling of Cummins and then Stokes and Root. Stokes and Root were in and it looked like they could be setting England up for a mega score. They they were smacking the ball around. Both of both Stokes and Root hit sixes. Root hit the most disgusting six you'll ever see. Dilshan scooped it. I don't know if it's called a Dilshan scoop anymore. He scooped it uh, four six to the boundary. It was a just a ridiculous shot. Uh, but one that Anyone who's been watching Joe over the past or the past year or so has become accustomed to with him. He does not care who is bowling to him. He does not care how fast it is. He is going to he's going to scoop it for six or four, and that's exactly what he did. And Stokes, obviously, his partner in crime. Although Stokes was scoring at a much lower strike rate than, in fact, anyone else in the England side up to that point, playing a a good innings, but eventually gone to the bowling of Todd Murphy, who also picked up root quite a bit after that point but Todd Murphy having a decent a decent final test and we mentioned in, in past podcasts we do feel slightly bad for him or I I feel slightly bad for him and that in that third test where he was hardly given a chance to to bowl 
and obviously not a batter. I think he had five overs in the whole test, which is just ridiculous. And then dropped for the fourth test, but brought back into the side and he's picked up uh, important wickets for Australia just to keep them in touch with the game. Uh, Joe Root on 91, he got a, a ridiculous ball that spun spun a mile and kept low. He looks set to go to 100. 91 off 106 balls, 11 falls and a six. Fantastic batting from Joe Root, as you'd expect. I did mention he wasn't having the best series uh, in an earlier podcast, but I think I was probably being a bit harsh on him there. <laughs> I think his average is, is around the 50 mark. And if it wasn't for two, I mean, he got one last test, a ridiculous ball that just didn't bounce at all. And this test again, getting bowled by Murphy. I mean, it was a good ball, but it was slightly fortunate. It hit a crack and just span a mile and kept low and nothing he could do to stop it going onto his stumps. But Root fell. I think Harry Brook fell in between Stokes and and Root. Harry Brook, the only top-order batsman for England who didn't manage to reach a total of 40. I mean, that, you can tell where those numbers that England were putting on quite the score. And they they continue to bat very well indeed. Uh, Johnny Bairstow came out to the crease and he batted uh, phenomenally. Unfortunately, I think uh, his momentum was killed after after Root went off the field. Oh, well, Root was bold. And they could have sent in Chris Wokes, but they opted to send in the injured Moen Alley. And that did kind of kill um, Johnny Bairstow's momentum because he couldn't really uh, find anywhere to score without hitting it to the boundary, which he did 11 times, 11 fours. Um, but they he couldn't tick that scoreboard along and he was having to go big. And eventually, uh, bold by Mitchell Stark caught behind. And Moen Alley, he played well for an injured player, hit some lovely shots, um, managed four fours. Uh, 29 off 38 balls, but obviously couldn't run in between the wickets very well, but managed a few singles here and there. Kept the score rate ticking along. And the tail, I mean, England have been relying on their tail a lot over the past, well, over this series. Chris Wokes and Mark Wood in particular have carried England to some very good scores, but not to be this time. England were already on a very high score. Uh, Wokes has gone for one. Wood was gone for nine. And Stuart Broad and James Anderson, they they survived the day. And at that point, Stuart Broad decided to announce his retirement from all forms of the game of cricket. <laughs> There's not enough words to describe how good of a bowler Stuart Broad has been for England. Uh, 600 test wickets, 178 ODI wickets, and 65 T20 wickets. A T20 and one-day international captain for a brief period more than 150 matches for England and an absolute legend in Ashes cricket. And obviously, David Warner will be happy if 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 he's around for the next Ashes series that Stuart Broad won't be there to bowl to him. Uh, Michael Atherton, uh, not so happy as he will hold that wicket, that record of being bowled or being got out by a bowler, a single bowler the most times in Glen McGrath. But... Not enough words to describe Stuart Broad. I'm not going to ramble on about him because I'm sure everyone who follows cricket knows all about Stuart Broad and his career and his partner, James Anderson. It was quite emotional to see the two come out uh, for day four, uh, Stuart Broad and James Anderson together because they've been partners bowling together. Slightly funny seeing them come out to bat together. They didn't just survive too long, but Stuart Broad's last ball ever as a professional cricketer was hit for six. A beautiful way to go out. He absolutely smacked it to the leg side, just about made it over the rope, 
and James Anderson unfortunately couldn't carry on the fun in the next in the next over. He was LBW to Murphy, who finished with figures of four wickets alongside Mitchell Stark. So a very good innings bowling for Todd Murphy. And a good score for England, 395. You would think uh, that that would be unattainable. But in the modern day, you never know what is attainable. And Australia have set themselves up in a fantastic way uh, heading into day five. A lot of rain, rain disrupted play around three o'clock. But Australia did get 38 overs to bat and they managed to put on a total of 135 without loss. A magnificent total. Kawaja... I've criticised Kawaja quite heavily in the past for batting slowly and not running very well in between the wickets. But with David Warner on the other side and not Marnus Lavashane, they managed to put on pretty decent strike rates. A strike rate of 50 and 58, 53 and 58 for for both of them. And that's that's a good score and that's going to keep the scoreline ticking along. And they've closed it to a gap now where if one of them goes, they only need 249 odd runs to win. That's a very attainable lead. And they're still both in, obviously. If you'd have said to Australia, if England had been all out for 249, you would put Australia as favourites to win. That's effectively what they're going to go into day five with. David Warner and Usman Khawaja coming out to bat as if they were opening the batting, just 249 to win. It's not been the best bowling by England, um, to be to be quite honest. Moen Ali, obviously, we know, hasn't been able to bowl a huge amount due to that groin injury and Joe Root has taken up the slack as bowling the the most the most overs for England other than James Anderson and it's a bit interesting that Stuart Broad, Chris Wokes and Mark Wood haven't bowled as many overs themselves Chris Wokes and Stuart Broad five and six and Mark Wood only three maybe that's something that's going to change in day five something has to change because Kawaja and Warner are looking very comfortable at the crease and James Anderson and Joe Root while they're keeping the run rate not ridiculous. The run rate is not high against them. It's not low. And if they don't get a wicket soon, this could be a comfortable win for Australia. England will want to win this test match. It is important to, to maintain the fact that they haven't lost the series, even if they can't win the Ashes. And it's going to be a fascinating final day of cricket. Hopefully, I don't think the forecast is too bad, so we should get a decent amount of play. And hopefully Mark Wood comes out to bowl. Uh, fairly early and bowls more than just three overs tomorrow because they're going to need him. Maybe Ben Stokes might even have to have a bowl if it comes down to it because the next test is not for a while. So maybe he can he can strap up that leg extra extra tight and have a bowl to see if he can manage a wicket. It's going to be a fantastic day's cricket. Thank you very much for listening. We will be back tomorrow. This has been Boundary Talk and bye-bye.